Overtime with Jonathan Peterlin on Cleveland Sports Radio, 92.3 The Fan. Back in here on the fan big NBA first hour Odyssey rewind. Go back and listen to that. Spent the final three minutes of the last hour just destroying LeBron's acting career. It's true though. Hey, maybe LeBron thinks he did everything he can in La La Land because no one will put him in a movie because all his movies aren't necessarily good. I don't know. You tell me. I looked it up in between the break. Space Jam Two did make a whopping thirteen million dollars in total. I mean, hey, why, yeah, what a hit. What? At least it didn't lose money. I was convinced. I was convinced it had lost money only because I don't know. I mean, listen, I, I saw the movie. I saw it. I love Space Jam growing up. I still quote the Monstars and Moron Mountain and all that nonsense to this day. Haven't watched the movie in maybe 20 years, but I loved it enough. I was like, I'll see Space Jam too. Never been more disappointed in a movie in my life. They had one good line that entire movie, one good line. And you can tell that in like even even LeBron knew the movie wasn't good when they put this line in. But all of a sudden, they're trailing. Bugs Bunny is looking for Michael Jordan and then gets really excited as people are like, Michael's here. And then he looks over and it's Michael B. Jordan and not Michael, you know, like Michael Jordan. And then it's Michael B. Jordan. And it's like, oh, man, the guy that could have saved us and saved this movie is not actually here. Unfortunate. You can put all those stars in a movie, and LeBron can only make $13 million. I'll give LeBron credit for one movie, and this movie might have actually got him derailed in everything. Let's Galaxy Brain this up for a second. People, it's Tuesday, and I got five hours to hang out, okay? Let's Galaxy Brain this one. Trainwreck starring Amy Schumer. Even though the movie title could have led the movie to be a train wreck, and that would have been unfortunate. I actually really liked the movie. Something about like old school Amy Schumer that I really enjoyed. I just thought she was really funny. I don't know that I still find her as funny. I think she's one of these people that kind of, she got to be a celebrity. She got to be big time and then just kind of stopped working hard. I, I got no basis of evidence on that except for her actual stand-ups where they just don't seem as crisp or as good as they used to be. But that's neither here nor there. That's neither here nor there. The point is, is that Trainwreck I thought was a good movie. And LeBron in that movie... You ever seen a Cuyahoga sunset? Like, he was good. He was good. He was goofy, but he was good. And I feel like that movie gave LeBron enough juice to think that, oh, yeah, this acting thing, anything I touch turns to gold. Let's see this thing through. And it was all for naught. It was all for naught. Jax, you ever seen Trainwreck? No, I never ended up seeing it. I can't do the bit with you where what have you seen and what haven't you seen. <laughs> it's already been well established that you've seen no movies in life. So we can't, I guess we can't go down that road. But you'd be joining a lot of people that have never seen Space Jam 2 if you missed that one as well. Space Jam 2, the barbershop show that legitimately gets superstar after superstar after big athlete and big athlete. And in the five years the show has been on, has delivered us one Tom Brady memorable quote. And that was it. It's unreal. It's unreal. I'm convinced at this point, we're going to to the Browns in a second. Last point in this, though. I'm convinced LeBron would do better putting on TV eight, two hours of him just dribbling a basketball as opposed to t- uh, him doing two hours of him acting. Two hours of him acting in a movie with a budget, with a director, with people that are trying would get less views if put on alternate screens and people had to choose between movie A that you know nothing about that stars LeBron James and a bunch of directors and actors and people trying. And on TV number two, 
It's just LeBron dribbling a basketball for two hours. I'm convinced more people would watch TV number two. I'm convinced of it. He's not a good actor. And maybe he's starting to put that together. I don't know. You tell me. I still think the odds of him coming home are very, 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 very tiny. Very tiny. Mike Forio, ProFootballTalk.com. You guys know I love Mike Forio. I think highly of Mike Forio. He's an opinion guy. He's always been an opinion guy, but he's been doing it so long. I've been banging it here for the latest news and rumors for so much of my adult life. I think I've lost track. They changed the website, how it looked when I was gone on vacation. I, so I, I historically go to ProFootballTalk.com. I mean, if it's not every day, it's basically every day for a very, very long time. And over the weekend, I just unplugged completely. I almost challenged myself because I knew I was going to be around eight, you know, nine other dudes that I hadn't really, I don't know many of them. I only know really my brother-in-law and I met one of his other friends and that was really truly it. And so I knew there'd be a lot of sports convos because I walk into it as sports guy. So like it's going to be a lot of sports convos. The amount of sports convos we ended up having was way more than I ever could have imagined. And I'll tell you some of the, some of the takeaways from a lot of Northeast Ohio kids and their thoughts on the Browns. But Northeast Ohio kids that aren't living in Northeast Ohio anymore. I was the only one that flew out of Cleveland, oddly enough. And uh, we'll get to some of that in a little bit. But but I, I, I like ProFootballTalk.com, they changed their website design on me. And I almost had a panic attack over it. I was like, you got to be kidding me. It looks complete. I don't like change. This looks completely different. So needless to say, I've been banging here for the latest news and rumors for a very long time. So I think highly of what Forio had to say. But I... I want to play with the suggestion that he made earlier today because I guess I hadn't really thought about it this way. Here was Mike Florio earlier today. If Watson wants Hopkins, if he truly wants Hopkins. Now, look, he said publicly he does. That may just be one of those things you have to say because he's your former teammate. He's your friend. You don't want to come out publicly and say, we're fine without this guy. Now, you know, I was with him for a few years. He doesn't practice all that hard. And yeah. Well, we've got a good thing going here. We don't need to disrupt it with a new personality, a new presence. We'll be fine. And he's kind of tailed off a little bit in recent years. We'll be good. He's not going to come out and say that. But if what he's saying privately to the team matches what he said publicly and the Browns aren't interested, that's where you say there may be a little pressure point here between Watson and the Browns at a time when it's critical the Browns get more out of Deshaun. If what he says publicly matches what he says privately, I think we have a big problem on our hands. Now, I'll tell you my theory on it, and my theory might be a little, pun intended, off the beaten path. We'll do it at 940, 940 with Jake Murn tonight. My theory has always been that him and DeAndre Hopkins are tight. They're close. Remember, DeAndre Hopkins was the only person when he had 22 civil cases against him. He was on Instagram supporting Deshaun Watson, publicly, on Instagram, putting out photos of him and Deshaun Watson together and saying, you got this, essentially, I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember the exact terminology, but it was in support of his friend that was going through 22 civil lawsuits in a time where if your last name wasn't Watson, you weren't really supporting the guy. That was like the lowest of the lows. So I'm convinced they're good friends, and I know... We've had different people tell us that, yeah, they text a lot and, yeah, they chat a lot. And they're not just like, hey, we worked with each other a time or two or we worked with each other uh, a couple years ago. And we just don't we talk to each other a time or two here and there. They are legitimately friends. OK. My theory has always been that Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. They know that DeAndre Hopkins 
isn't the old, isn't the former DeAndre Hopkins. And when it comes to his health, when it comes to what he can do on a football field, he is cooked like a rotisserie chicken. Okay? That's my theory on it. My theory is DeAndre Hopkins said, hey, gas me up in public. Make me seem good. Make me seem like uh, I, I can do anything in the world. Talk awesome about me. And I'm going to go ahead and fleece another team for $15 million. Meanwhile, don't tell your don't tell your guy, Andrew Barry, to get me. I'm not going to be able to help you, man. I want, I want you to go to the Super Bowl. I want you to achieve everything you need to achieve. I'd be holding you back. Please don't do that. It's the reason why he got caught for uh, the PEDs. It's the reason why he's you know 30 years old taking PEDs doesn't really lead you to believe he's got a lot of confidence in himself right now. I, I believe him in his actions and what that should be telling me about his football career, okay? That's just my theory on it. I have no idea if it's right or wrong. Zero idea. But let's play with Mike Florio's idea for a second instead. Mike's theory is that if Deshaun Watson is publicly saying that he likes DeAndre Hopkins and privately saying that he likes DeAndre Hopkins and the Browns have a big issue on their hands. I want to ask you, 216474 to below 92, do you feel like that's a possibility? Do you feel like it's a possibility that Deshaun Watson isn't able to treat Andrew Barry like a genie where he can just kind of rub the lamp, the genie pops out, and then he says, I want this, go get it for me. And then Andrew Berry does his bidding, basically a henchman for him in many ways, a very glorified, highly paid henchman. It's so fascinating to me because if you bend at Deshaun Watson's beck and call, then you're always going to have to bend at his beck and call. If he says, I want DeAndre Hopkins and then follows it up with, I want 300 chalupas, it doesn't matter what the request is. If you're willing to grant one, you're going to be willing to grant the other. So at some point, if we are to believe what he says publicly matches with what he says privately, Deshaun Watson is not being listened to by Andrew Barry and company. And I think that's fascinating. I don't know that's the right way to to start your relationship off, but from a power standpoint, it's the only uh, choice that Andrew Barry truly had, right? It's the only choice he had. From a power standpoint, if he doesn't, if he goes ahead and says, okay, I'll get DeAndre Hopkins, what else would you like? All right, I got you Jordan Akins. I got you all these other guys that you used to play with. Who else would you like? Well, if he goes out and continues to get him everything that he asked for, do you think that's a smart move? There's multiple ways to look at it. That's why I'm asking the question. 216474 to below 92. Like, do you think it's a smart move? Do you think it's the right call by Andrew Barry if this is, if what Mike Forio is saying is true? Do you think it's the right route that he should be taking on this one? I, I genuinely don't know the answer to this. It's such a, like, like, your job is in the hands. If you're Andrew Barry, your job is in the hands of Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson makes $230 million, okay? He is the lead dog and, and Jimmy, Jimmy Haslam answers to nobody in that organization, but the first person I'll listen to has got to be Deshaun Watson. It, he goes, he, it, as far as the chain of command is concerned, it should go Deshaun Watson, then you work your way down. Maybe you get Andrew Barry in there. Maybe you get Kevin Stefanski in there. But I'm telling you, the direct first-to-first is Jimmy Haslam, Deshaun Watson. If Deshaun Watson doesn't like Kevin Stefanski, doesn't like Andrew Barry, kick to the door. Simple as that. Just kick to the door. So if you're Andrew Barry, do you try to make him happy? Or instead, you turn around and say, listen, 
I'm not doing this relationship and I'm not doing your bidding based off of your requests and your demands. I'm doing this the way that I want to do it. I don't know if I'm Deshaun Watson if I love that. I don't know if I'm Deshaun Watson. I'm I'm a I'm the franchise quarterback, two hundred thirty million dollars guaranteed money. I want to call my own shots. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Do you think the Browns are not listening to what Deshaun wants? Do you think that they're just doing whatever they want to do and they'll sort it out whenever they need to sort it out? Or do you feel like let's be let's be honest about this, DeAndre Hopkins is not coming here because Deshaun Watson doesn't think he can play. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. We'll continue on with this. Also, the top twenty five NFL players twenty five and under for twenty twenty three is out. No Browns made the list. What does that mean for the Browns? Continue on next. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterman. Fan focus at nine off the beaten path at nine forty right here on the fan. All righty, back out of here on the fan. Fan focus at nine o'clock. Little news to pass along before we get to we'll get back to Mike Vorio and his comments on the Browns. Uh, multiple reports. I guess you can see it on your TV screen now if you're watching the game. But Terry Francona is not managing tonight in Kansas City. Mandy Bell, our friend from MLB.com, says he didn't feel well pregame. He opted to receive additional testing from stadium personnel out of extreme caution during his medical history. Terry Francona will be out for tonight's game. Oh, I don't know what Twitter is going to discuss during this game if Tito's not managing the game. So that'll be really interesting to find out. But, yes, no Tito today. Tomorrow, Hale will manage in place. Hopefully, Tito ends up feeling a little bit better. Always scary anytime you have to go to the hospital. So hopefully, Tito ends up feeling all right. All right, 216-474-0092 on Twitter. There you can find me. I am at Jay Peterlin. Mike Forio, profootballtalk.com. Lays it out. I think it's pretty simple. Question I have for you guys is do you think the Browns are not listening to what Deshaun wants? I love how he puts this. Here we go. If Watson wants Hopkins, if he truly wants Hopkins. Now, look, he said publicly he does. That may just be one of those things you have to say because he's your former teammate. He's your friend. You don't want to come out publicly and say, we're fine without this guy. Now, you know, I was with him for a few years. He doesn't practice all that hard. And we've got a good thing going here. We don't need to disrupt it with a new personality, a new presence. We'll be fine. And he's kind of tailed off a little bit in recent years. We'll be good. He's not going to come out and say that. But if what he's saying privately to the team matches what he said publicly and the Browns aren't interested, that's where you say there may be a little pressure point here between Watson and the Browns at a time when it's critical the Browns get more out of Deshaun. And I think that part is the most fascinating to me. And it's not playing with my thinking. My line of thinking is entirely different. DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson are best buddies. He stuck up for him on Instagram publicly when he had 22 civil cases against him. That is a good friend in DeAndre Hopkins. No doubt about it in my mind. I think DeAndre Hopkins was trying to throw him a life preserver. Say, listen, I know this year matters. You spent 700 days. You came back. You looked like absolute doo-doo out there on the football field. I know you need this. So I'm going to shoot you straight. I can't help you. I'm going to try to get another team, and I'm going to try to fleece them out of $15 million. That's why the Patriots make so much sense to me. By all accounts, DeAndre Hopkins and Bill O'Brien couldn't stand each other, and now they want to be uh, winked up at the hip? How does that make sense? No. What makes more sense to me is the idea that Bill O'Brien is now the offensive coordinator in New England, and DeAndre Hopkins is like, awesome, I can make his life hell. 
He, I, listen, I'm not good at football anymore. That's why I try to take PEDs. That's why I, I am 30 years old. I don't got it anymore. So I'm going to go and take $15 million from Bill Belichick, and I'm going to make Bill O'Brien look like the idiot in the process. That theory makes way more sense than any other theory I can come up with. But that's fine. That's not what we're playing with right now. What we're playing with right now is the idea that Florio floats out there, that DeAndre Hopkins still is good, and wonders whether or not Deshaun Watson went to Andrew Barry, said, I want DeAndre Hopkins, and Andrew Barry just isn't listening. If Deshaun Watson, the way he spoke publicly, is the same way he feels behind closed doors, then I do think we have an issue on our hands. Because at that point, all the Browns are telling Deshaun Watson, they're basically in a roundabout way giving him the middle finger. They're giving him the bird. A roundabout way, they're, they are saying, we don't really care what you want. We are going to get you the weapons we feel that we like, and then you're going to work your way around those weapons, which is not how superstars get treated. It's not how people that make $230 million in guaranteed money get treated. It just isn't. That's not how the NFL works. It's not how life works. Aaron Rodgers wants players from the Packers. Guess who's coming over to the Jets? He had multiple wide receivers this offseason that he loved throwing to in Green Bay that within seconds of signing in New, in New York for the Jets was there wearing the stupid green and white jerseys. I don't know why I called him stupid. Green and white has never been my colors, I guess. The combination of the two. I always thought they were, I like Joe Namath. I always thought they were kind of dumb looking jerseys. That's neither here nor there. Uh, within 30 seconds, though, that they, I, they were there. They were hanging out. They, they were already signed. It's how it happens in the NFL. Lamar Jackson wants OBJ. You know what the Ravens end up doing? Paying someone worth $7.5 million, 30 years old, coming off two surgeries, $15 million. A dude that a year ago was being paid in Bitcoin and now making $15 million. Well, what are we doing here? That's how the NFL works. You want somebody, you go out and you get them. The only time in recent memory that doesn't operate that way is when either A, you think that the quarterback is so talented and so good that they don't need that extra help, which is like a Patrick Mahomes situation, which I think is a one-of-one. I think he's a unicorn, and I think them taking away Tyreek Hill did come with his blessing. All right, fine. You can't take Travis Kelsey, but you can take Tyreek Hill, and we'll figure this thing out. Really the only way I can think of. I was going to do like an A, B, C type thing. There's really only just one way. If you're Patrick Mahomes, that's it. Like Josh Allen, by all accounts, is getting mad at the current moment. One, because, uh, you know, he's fighting with Stephon Diggs, and Stephon Diggs can't find his way. I, I mean, the last we saw those two, they were on the sideline down 17 against uh, Joe Burrow and yelling at each other in a windstorm. Or snowstorm, excuse me. Like, hey, you think Josh Allen's not happy that he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins? He'd have a gripe, but he came up with that organization. So it's treated a little bit differently as well. Came up with that organization. He signed a contract, a second contract, at a point where uh, everything was on the ascension. And if we're being honest about it, the past two years, he hasn't looked as good as he had previously, and he's lost a little bit of the weight that he can throw around. Uh, Who's the secret sauce in Buffalo? Is it Brian Dayball or is it Josh Allen? Well, Dayball's in New York making Danny Dimes a guy I once called Danny Nichols actually looked like Danny Dimes once again. Might be the answer there. But I want to hear me. 216-474-0092. I'm fascinated by it. If what he's saying publicly matches what he's saying privately, I think Florio might be onto something. We we have issues then. If that's the case, we have issues. But what would you do? 
Would you give Deshaun Watson everything he wants? You know, Deshaun Watson calls you up at 3 in the morning and says, Hey, Andrew Barry, I just need you to do six jumping jacks really quick. Just six, that's all I need. Are you dropping that phone and doing the six jumping jacks? You're saying, no, go to bed, Deshaun. I don't know what, I don't know how Andrew Barry is cut. I genuinely don't know. I know there's enough GMs out there that would have said Andrew Barry, or excuse me, would have said Deshaun Watson. Do you want, I can do seven jumping jacks if you want. We don't have to stop at six. Yeah, I, my wife doesn't care. How many do you want? You want eight? I can do nine. Tell me how many. And then there's another set of GMs that would have turned around and said, I, no, we're not playing this game. We're not playing this game. I tend to think the ones that would say we're not playing this game to a high-powered quarterback making that kind of money might not be cut out for a very long time. You need the Tom Wams games, man. You need you need the yes man if you're going to be an NFL GM for a diva top-tiered quarterback. And, and, and you might say he's not a top-tier quarterback right now. That's fine. He's being paid like he's a top-tier quarterback, so he gets the treatment like he's a top-tier quarterback. 216474 to below 92. James and Euclid up next on the fan. Hello, James. How are, you, how are you tonight? Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, what's up, James? Not a whole lot. I think if Watson wants what he wants, then you give it to him. If he wants, if he wants Hopkins, then you give it to him. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I just, I mean, I, I don't know. They did well together. I mean, I, I don't know what we got coming into in the league. I mean, with what we've got right now, but. If he wants the guy, you do it. They did. They gel. They mesh together. You gotta give it to him. You gotta give it to him. And that's just where I'm at on that. If he wants Hopkins, do it. With Amari Cooper and what we've got left, why not go after that and get you a linebacker? And and what worries me. Thank you, James. I appreciate the call as always. What worries me about that is as of right now, if what is if what he's saying publicly is matching what he's saying privately, then Deshaun Watson is not getting his wish. As of right now, Deshaun Watson is saying jump, and Andrew Barry is not saying how high. He's sitting there with his feet on the ground saying, you don't tell me what to do. Forio went on to talk a little bit more about this, uh, courtesy ProFootballTalk.com. We get so captivated by the five-year fully guaranteed contract and the problems it caused and the Lamar Jackson angle. We don't think about the three first-round picks plus they gave up to get Deshaun Watson. So it was a massive investment. They need a return on it. And if Watson wants Hopkins and the team is saying no, that to me is significant. We won't know the truth because Watson's not going to come out and say, yeah, I just said those things to be nice. Sometimes you just say what you have to say. You don't say what you truly believe. If he truly believes they could benefit from Hopkins and if the Browns don't want him, that's the kind of thing that could be a potential problem. I just agree. I agree with Mike. Now, I my theory is different on all this than Mike's, so I you got to bear with me as well. My theory on this, as I laid out previously, I just I this is how I think about this scenario. I don't think Deshaun Watson actually wants DeAndre Hopkins here. I don't believe he does. I think publicly he's saying nice things because he's his friend and he wants to make sure that his friend gets paid a lot of money. But I don't think he really truly wants that. I think Deshaun Watson looked around and what he saw. Within uh, the previous few weeks, where we had to throw him, you know, watch him throw footballs and work with Elijah Moore and have that connection with certain players, I think I think Deshaun Watson thought, okay, this is good enough. But I, I think a lot of that is because I don't. I think he talks to DeAndre Hopkins, and Hopkins has been truthful with Deshaun in ways that he won't be truthful with other people. And he's told him, I'm not the same player I used to be. Don't spend cap space on me. It's not worth it. That's how I see it. But if Mike Forio is right. 
And we're never going to find this out. This is going to be a, a conspiracy theory that is up there with the aliens, up there with all the other random ones that we got, right? Although I guess we're, we're kind of proving the alien thing might not be, might not be as much of a conspiracy theory. At least if you, if you believe some of the interviews from the previous 24 hours, right, we're going down that road, guys. Just always wonder if they're so smart, why do they crash in the dumbest of places with no wind? But that's neither here nor there. If we believe Florio, then yes, I think Mike is right. That is a big problem. Because moving forward, if Deshaun Watson, he's going to treat him like a toddler. He's like a six-year-old, okay? If they don't get what they want, they're going to complain. And they're going to yell about it. And ultimately, it's going to be a move that Andrew Barry is going to regret. It'll get him fired if he doesn't listen to what Deshaun Watson wants, needs, etc. I know Deshaun is playing by their ball game. it feels like, or playing their ball game. At least it's how uh, my perception of it is. It's how it's been so far. And the only evidence I have on that is that we don't have a bunch of people that are littered in Deshaun Watson's past currently around this team. It's not like he brought Bill O'Brien himself and all these other people from former Houston times and said, all right, now I want you here, here, and you here, and you here. Not really the case. He's really trying to let Andrew Barry, at least my perception of it, he's letting him you know, build his own road. But I think Forio's on to something here. I don't know that I love that, and I don't know that if you start losing, Deshaun will love that either. In fact, I know he won't. You start losing, he's going to blame you. And he's going to look at this and say, well, how, how much better would we be with DeAndre Hopkins if that's how he feels privately matching up with what he says publicly? I want to stay with Andrew Barry here for a second because uh, so CBS Sports came out with their top 25 NFL players, 25 and under for 2023, right? And I was looking at this list, and average age of top 10 quarterbacks going into the season is about 26.7 years. You know, so it's not, you don't have to be 25 or under in order to be a superstar in this league, okay? But there were nine receivers on this list, and the part that stuck out the most to me was that there were zero Cleveland Browns on this list. Absolutely zero, not one. And they did an honorary mention list as well, and there was also zero Cleveland Browns on that. So out of the top 50 players, 25 and under, you had zero Cleveland Browns represented. And I wanted to ask you guys, is this on Andrew Barry or is this on the coaching for why no Browns are on this list? And is it a problem that they're not on this list? 216-474-0092. Fan focus at 9 o'clock. We'll get to off the beaten path at 940. More to come. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterson here with you on the fan. All right, back out of here on the fan. We'll go back to the top 25 NFL players, 25 and under for 2023, and why there's just an absence of Browns players on this list. There's 25 honorable mentions. Browns didn't make top 50. So that ain't great. We'll get to that in just a second. Uh, in the fan focus coming up in about 20 minutes, we're going to have a conversation from Nick and Dustin as Nick discovered a new food item today. I also discovered a new food item today, and I was thinking about it, and at first blush, I thought to myself, I said, said Jonathan, I don't know if this sounds great. It was a uh, kolach up is what it's called, okay? It's a Pepsi-flavored ketchup, and it's coming to Yankee Stadium on July 4th. And I kept thinking to myself, I don't know that I love it. Even though I do love the taste of some Pepsi or Diet Coke, let's say, either one. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of either. I Some people are like, oh, I'm a Diet Coke guy. Oh, I'm a Diet Pepsi guy. I, I, I Diet Coke is less sweet to me than Diet Pepsi, but sometimes I want something that's a little bit more sweeter. So it really kind of is a toss-up. I'm not really that brand loyal to either, which is funny because I'm a very brand loyal human. But if someone says, oh, Pepsi or Coke, I'm like, uh, we're 
we're splitting hairs here. I'll take either. Both are great to me. And I wanted to rip the Pepsi-flavored ketchup. That was my initial thought is, Jonathan, go in on the Pepsi-flavored ketchup. you got to make fun of this. you got to – this is a ridiculous thing. How do you have Pepsi-flavored ketchup? But then I thought about it, you know, because I had a sandwich. There's a salad, actually. It wasn't even a sandwich. It was a salad because I'm on a big salad kick right now. And I had a salad, and I thought to myself the entire time, man, I'd love a Diet Pepsi or a Diet Coke right now. I would, I would just, I would love to have that. That would, that would accentuate the meal, but I didn't want to, I forgot my diet, I Diet Coke at home. I forgot my Diet Coke at home, and I was already in the car, and I went and picked up the salad, and I thought to myself, I'm not paying 247 or whatever it is to buy one of the things at the, at the restaurant where I went and picked up the salad at. Not doing that. So I said, you know what? I just gotta, Gotta wait till I get to work and I'll have some tea there and that'll be my drink. And I, I did think it kind of sucked though. I was like, I, that lessens my day. Does it lessen my day by 25%? No, but it lessens my day by like 5%. I wanted to make fun of the idea that you could have Pepsi flavored ketchup, but maybe the world is in need of Pepsi flavored ketchup. Maybe it gives off that taste of Pepsi that you'd have when you, when you, you know, mush the Pepsi and the hot dog and everything all together at the same time. Maybe it'd give that off. Maybe it's refreshing as hell. But more importantly, and this is what I'll say at the fan focus in about 20 minutes as well, I need more innovators in this life, okay? Yeah, no one asked for Pepsi-flavored ketchup. Nobody asked for it the same way nobody asked for Pepsi peeps. But there are smart people working on this stuff, and they wouldn't put it out there if it was absolute trash, and I'm willing to give it a try. Do you know how hard it is? How fundamentally hard it's got to be to be in charge at Pepsi and be like, we got to come up with something new. We've been doing this food game for a while now in this country, and there's nothing this country loves more than a combination that just works. You know, the, the guys is like, oh, let's make uh, Cheetos flaming hot. Well, there's a promotion. You're now awesome. Oh, you mean we want to throw a taco inside the Crunchwrap Supreme? <laughs> Great. Can we do that? Somebody like Todd Marketing is like, yeah, you bet your ass we can do that. And then they go and do it, and it's awesome. Like, this is how America works, right? Shooters shoot, gets rewarded all across this country. But then all day today, people just wanted to crap over the idea of Pepsi-flavored ketchup. And you know what? I'm here for it. We need more food innovators in life. That's what we're, we need. It's why I always go to the grocery store. It's the old Seinfeld bit. Seinfeld's like, I could have a... Uh, Seinfeld made the joke that he could be a billionaire, doesn't matter, and I think at this point he's a billionaire a couple times over, I would bet. He's still always going to do his own grocery store shopping because he doesn't know what's new. How do you know what's new unless you go to the store? How do you know what they keep inventing unless you go to the store? I am far from a billionaire, obviously, but I'll never I'll never call up a service to go do my grocery shopping. Of course, I don't call up services for anything. I do my own lawn. I do everything, but it is what it is. I'm never going to call up a service. i got to see what's out there. How would I know that Pepsi-flavored ketchup's out there unless I go to the store and I see it? i guess got to be at a Yankees game. I'm kind of into this. Yankee Stadium, July 4th. Legends might be born. Jax, would you try it? Yeah, I love Pepsi and I love ketchup. So right? Might as well. Right? What a killer American combo that is. I, I think it's perfect. Kidding me? Twins are going to have it. Tigers are going to have it. Diamondbacks are going to have it. Why aren't the Guardians? Guardians might not be home on July 4th. i got to look that up. But uh, the Guardians have all sorts of wacky food things. I saw the other day a buddy of mine sent me a text message. And the text message was simply put, it was a uh, it was a photo of, they got uh, this like, you know the inside parts of the Crab Rangoon, which is basically just crab and cheese. The inside parts of it on a, a nacho cheese platter. 
And I was like, this, is, this looks like the greatest thing I've ever seen. I've had the Fruit Loop hot dog at Progressive Field before, and I know that's an old staple now at this point, but, again, innovators. we got to reward the innovators in the food world. They're too – they're not enough of them. And also, I can appreciate the fact that it seems like an incredibly difficult job. It seems like a job that I could sit there, and I'm, a, I'm an idea guy. At least I like to think I'm an idea guy. I'd sit there all day, and I would just be mashing my favorite foods together. Ribs pizza. What do we do with this? How do we how do we get the little riblets onto the pizza and then make that a topic and then go from there? Can that can that play? Or are we doing this wrong? Should we throw pizza on top of the ribs? What are we what are we doing here all day? That's all I'd be thinking about. No, I mean come on, Pepsi flavored ketchup seems like that should have hit us on the head a long time ago. This might be one of the great things, one of the great inventions we got. All right, two one six four seven four to below ninety two on Twitter. There you can find me. I am at jpnone. So the top 25 NFL players, 25 and under for 2023. My first thought was the idea that Andrew Barry has to be responsible for this last uh, list because a lot of it is just drafting, right? But think about it. Jamar Chase is on the list since Jamar Chase is awesome. And as long as he didn't have one of the seven dwarfs throwing him passes, he was going to be great. Legitimately. I, and I, Dopey might be taller than Kyler Murray. I haven't checked that out. I haven't done that yet. But the Bengals front office, they deserve credit more than the coaching staff does since they had to they had to decide, do we take Jamar Chase or do we take an offensive tackle? Remember, it was uh, Panay Sewell. They were going back and forth between the two. Do we protect the franchise quarterback or do we give him the LSU wide receiver that he went to college with? They chose receiver, and you can make a legitimate argument that that one decision has been part of the reason why. If they don't make that decision, you can make a legitimate argument that they're not in the AFC title game in the past two years. And then obviously with the one Super Bowl appearance. Because Joe Burrow was getting beat up like a pinata. It didn't matter. Sacked a million times in that Titans game where Tannehill threw three interceptions in the first three drives. And then it was like, what, what, what happened? How did we get here? That was a decision they made with a valuable pick that paid off in spades for them. Jalen Hurts feels like it's more of a coaching situation than it was anything else, right? Shane Steichen, then the offensive coordinator, he knew what to do with him. Part of the reason why it wouldn't surprise me if Anthony Richardson eventually gets to a nice spot in Indy is because Steichen is there. Richardson is wildly athletic. Jalen Hurts was wildly athletic. He knew what to do with him. When it comes to the Browns, though, you know, third-round wide receivers, for instance, have been deemed a problematic spot for Andrew Barry. Is it his fault for drafting Anthony Schwartz, or is it the coach's fault for not being able to turn a track star, a legitimate track star, into an awesome football player? It's definitely not an Andrew Barry problem at this point that David Bell barely found the field. How did the, the, the afternoon drive had a 6 o'clock guest. He said David Bell was out there getting cardio all, all game long, and that's about it. It's like, yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Doesn't mean he's awful at this point or anything like it at this point. Now, here's why I'd probably give both of them a little bit of a break in some capacity. A lot of these players, 25 and under, are first-round picks. And the Browns in the Andrew Berry era has had two first-round picks. And in the past two years, they didn't even have a second-round pick. So I understand it a little bit. But what I thought was fascinating about this list, and take it for what it's worth, and I do think MJ Emerson had a chance to be on the honorable mention side of this. So really it's a top 50 NFL players, 25 and under, and no Brown was listed. MJ Emerson could have made a legitimate case. Patrick Sertain was on there. Sauce Gardner was on there. What I believe to be two of the best, two of the three best cornerbacks in the league, they were both on there. 
But what, what I found fascinating, I didn't really 100% put together until I started, you know, going through this exercise myself earlier. You know, David Njoku's 26. It's not that far off. Denzel Ward is 26. It's not that far off. Miles Garrett is 27. Deshaun Watson is 27. Nick Chubb is 27. What we projected out to be our best team is all hitting their peak athletic ages as we speak. The timing of all this is so fascinating because you can see where this team was really constructed for someone like Baker Mayfield to be great. That's someone like Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield to be great. And then us talk about how everyone grew up together and everyone is all hitting their second contracts at the right time. But what we do know about the NFL is you got to continue to replenish with really good players. You know, the Chiefs, for instance, the Chiefs are on their second contracts for a lot of the guys that we've talked about. And in some instances, their third contracts. Patrick Mahomes is on number two. Travis Kelsey is criminally underpaid and has been for like eight years now. Makes like 13, 14 million as not only one of the best players in the NFL, but one of the best tight ends the game has ever seen. It's fine. It's whatever. They got Creed Humphrey as a rookie center last year, arguably one of the best centers in the game right off the rip. Nick Bolton, the linebacker, one of the best linebackers in the game and 24 to 25 years old. He's right in the cusp. You have to be able to draft well. I think we all know that. I think we all understand that. I think what's funny about this is that if we're talking about peak athletic ages, though, in baseball, because I'm a big baseball nerd, in baseball, 27 is the right age. 27 is the absolute right age where you want to be to have your peak athletic prime. Every baseball player across the board, whether you're a pitcher, whether you're a hitter, 27 is the year that you're supposed to look your very best. I don't know why that is. It's just what it is, and it's what they've been telling me for a million years. The people that have done the research on that, they continue to tell me that over and over again, 27. But in football, you can't rely on 27 being that year. Because even you, even though you might have your best athletic body, is Nick Chubb better at 27 than he is at 23? I don't think anybody would bet on that. The position changes matter in this one. And because it's such a physical, violent sport, it feels like with each passing year you get experience, which helps you, but it's offset by the fact that you're in a mini car wreck every single week. So I don't know that you can look at it exactly the same way. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look at it as 26, 27, all these peak big-time Browns players on their second contract, all there at the same time, and Joku, Ward, Miles, Watson, Chubb, all these guys there at the same years, 26 to 27. Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing for the Browns? That we're sitting here, and when it comes to 25 and under, we've got zero superstars on that list. But you could make an argument that from age 26 to 27, there's no other team in the NFL that has as many good players as the Browns do in that in that time frame. And if you take it a step further, we don't really get too old. We are right in the middle of the uh, pack as far as teams that have players 30 and older. We have eight. We have eight guys on that roster that are 30 and older. That puts us around 13th in the NFL. It's just interesting how they've they found a way, and I don't know if this is an Andrew Barry philosophy or whose philosophy this is, but they found a way to make that part, that 26, 27, 28, be exactly where all the players are at for this year in particular. Now, you think to yourself, well, we got Deshaun Watson for four more years. Yeah, at the end of this four more years, that's why we're going to have to have a much better dearth of young talent be able to rise up and, and really help us out. But this year, of all years, should be the year that we're able to get the most out of some of these guys.
Not a doubt in my mind. All right, leave that there. Come on back. We got the fan focus at nine o'clock. We got to get off the beaten path at nine forty. Got a ton to get to. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterman here with you guys on the fan. 